Hello and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network where we dive deep into Wildbo's most Canadian work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. Thanks, Elliot. We're back for Void 7.9. Um, so Isadora and Paige enter Blake's apartment and everybody is just as confused as we are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love how this sort of opens with Paige immediately being compared to Isadora in terms of like style and, and like the way she's dressed. And it immediately sets this tone of uh, like Paige is, is, is with Isadora in some yeah. fashion and you yeah. just, you just, it's sort of distrusting, I guess, because you're immediately like, okay, what, what's going on here? Just in case you didn't think it was suspicious that they showed up together, it kind of confirms that you need to be suspicious about them turning up together. Yeah. They're clearly like a matched set, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I love how everyone's reaction to this is so awkward, because obviously this is the- of all the things that have happened in Pact so far, this is clearly the craziest thing that's happened. (laughs) And everyone's, like, so thrown off by it. They're, like, trying to make awkward small talk and being like, ah, hey there. And, like, no one quite knows what to do. Yeah, I I remember reading somewhere once uh, someone had written something like, parahumans, Come for the superhero fights and the kaiju fights. Stay for the shopping trips and family dinners. And, mm. and I feel like this is the packed equivalent of that sentiment. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, they just beat the incarnation of conquest using giant demons and, and blood and, and, you know, goblins and stuff. But his cousin might be f- friends with the Sphinx. Like, that's huge. Not uh, just cousin. Uh, sorry, not just cousin. Not just friends, though, right? Because we get some hints later on that there might be something else going on here, too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like side by side. One of those things sounds a lot more important than the other. Like, you'd think the war with the incarnation of conquest involving demons and goblins would be more important to me, but it, it's absolutely not. Yeah, they're, totally. they're about on par. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I love that Blake introduces people and says, most of you know Isadora, Joel, Goosh. This is the woman who cut me open the other night, nearly killing me. I saw Paige's eyebrows go up. She glanced at Isadora. <laughs> Like, I love that there's there's clearly, the, the vibe throughout this this part of the chapter is definitely, okay, we're kind of, there's a tentative piece, but there's a ton of tension and we don't know what's going to happen. It's really unpredictable <laughs> knowing, like, literally anything could go down. I mean, it, it's just, it's a great little device, the, the idea of having the innocence here. Like, yeah. obviously, we'll go, go into this more as the chapter goes, but, like, the way everyone is sort of forced to talk around things for the rest of this chapter and sneak in. Uh, comments and, and stuff to try and sway Paige is very fun and you know as if as if Wildbo didn't set himself enough of a challenge making all his characters have to speak the truth he's decided to up the ante for this chapter yeah they they both can and can't speak the truth in this chapter it's awesome yeah exactly um yeah so so Blake basically says to Isadora what the hell and Isadora explains Paige is here being ignorant to act as a minefield so that everybody is cautious enough to not reveal things to her so nothing too bad will happen, basically. Yeah. Which so first of all, like this works. We we see later in the chapter this to some degree this works. Um yeah. which really kind of puts into perspective what Blake has done to all his friends, including Tiffany, by taking responsibility for them. Uh you, you know, obviously we knew that was a big decision at the time, but you really see how afraid of that idea so many other people are. Yeah. Yeah. Um Blake, what have you done? <laughs> uh, and then obviously like it, Isadora goes into it a bit more in a bit but I mean the fact that Paige is the innocent that she's chosen is so far from a coincidence uh, mm-hmm. as, as Isadora would say um, you know she could have picked any random innocent if this is really what she wanted to achieve but she's brought Blake's cousin like that's that's sending a message yeah yeah 
Um, it's, I gotta say, you know, Isidore's not an ally here, and probably isn't, isn't friendly to Blake, but this is a pretty good move, right? Um, and it's a pretty onside move for us, because Isadora clearly doesn't want things to get too crazy. She kind of seems happy with the way that things are resolving. I mean, yeah, it's that role she's sort of been playing uh, the whole time where she she tries to act as a bit of a keeper of the peace. Um, and, you know, sometimes being keeper of the peace involves murdering people in Isadora's point of view. But, uh, you know, she does mention a few times throughout the chapter that she may decide she wants to kill Blake again if that's going to be the easiest way to put this to rest. So she's sort of helping him out now and keeping the peace uh, or helping to keep the peace now. But there's no sense that Wait, that's a, a sort of solid state of affairs that you yeah, can count on. It, it could definitely go anywhere, couldn't it? <laughs> um, I like, I want to pull out this line where Blake is talking to Paige and says, now you're all wrapped up in this and this Isadora is trying to convince you it's ultimately my fault, which is already Isadora's plan is working, right? Like Blake almost let something slip and then he can't. It's awesome. Well, yeah, and I love how Isadora and Blake try to sneak in as many specifics about awful things the other one has done while being vague enough like they're all talking about who each other has murdered or tried to kill yeah uh, this the little verbal uh sparring going on here is is great and sort of watching them try to war for for pages uh trust i guess yeah there's a really fun beat as well where anytime anyone mentions evan or evan says anything and people react page just looks so confused <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah i forgot how funny that is um it's great uh so Isadora basically confirms, hey, yeah, we all know you're here, Blake, you and Conquest, and everyone's kind of coming here, so, you know, get ready for something to go down, don't know what. I mean, this is like the biggest council meeting we've ever seen in one yeah. place, and it's in <laughs> Blake's little apartment, which is just hilarious. It's, yeah. a, it's a hilarious image. Yeah, and, and the vibe of this chapter is so good, right? Uh, Blake says to Isadora, can I trust our other guests to not blow up the building or kick the door down and attack on site? And Isadora's response is, they can't kick the door down if you leave it open. Like, <laughs> it's so unhelpful and it so perfectly sums up this tone of like, just try and be a good host and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, and this whole situation, it just feels so big. There's so yeah. many players involved. Yeah. So, like, you don't know what's going to happen with all these people involved and, and all their, like, m- kind of mysterious motives for some of them. Yeah, uh, it feels like um, a powder keg. It it actually it's reminding me now of the the start the the chapter right before the contest kicked off, where Blake was outside yeah. the tower, seeing everybody kind of gathered around, and you just felt like, what the fuck's actually going to happen? Like <laughs> literally anyone <laughs> could big. spark it, and literally anything could go go down. Um, yeah, th- that's the vibe that I get here. Um, so before everyone else rocks up, Isadora also confirms kind of what's going on with Paige. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, basically her, she's trying Paige out, like, you know, as as, as we've sort of mentioned uh, last chapter, Isadora does like to take students who she thinks are clever under her wing and, and sort of help them out, give them good karma, and it looks like she's given Paige some tryouts to, to join that position while also, you know, being this minefield, so it's kind of a two birds, one stone situation. Yeah. Um. Speaking of birds, there's this set of lines that I really like where... Isadora's explaining this to Blake and says, Mr. Thorburn, the closest parallel would be to you and Evan. Yes, I could see it. Paige as a practitioner with a freaking powerful familiar. Wasn't there a danger there? So she's going to be, before you go further and inadvertently insult me, Isadora told me, Paige would be the Evan in the partnership. (laughs) Which I think 
I think that gets the award for the funniest line in Pact so far. It's so good. And Paige has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a good example of uh, how they talk about information while keeping stuff from Paige. Also, just after this, Tiffany sort of says, oh, so like the Evan and Blake relationship. So uh, Paige will be like your pet. <laughs> and, and so I'd just like to let everyone know that, that Tiffany's now dead to me. Yeah, uh, that's she insulted rough. Evan. Um, that's pretty harsh, <laughs> <and> I, Tiffany. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Evan calls it out. And again, like, I, I, you know, we have we, we sort of brought it up, but Evan is once again on fire this chapter. And yep. uh, it's great. Um, yeah. So... Blake kind of notices Paige having a stranger reaction to this than than he would have expected, and kind of puts this together to realise that she's she's gay. Um, and and he surmises that that was the reason that that Granny Rose put her last in the will. And it's starting to get really fucked up. And so Blake is kind of just like, Paige, you just need to get out of this situation. Yeah. You should just bail. And so look. There's this whole situation with Isadora, right, where Isadora wants her to become a, a sort of, you know, halfway between a slave and an apprentice, yeah. from the sounds of it. And as far as I can tell, there's obviously the risks that come with Isadora potentially killing you if you if you mess up, apparently. Yep. And Pretty she may risk. end up having to fight Blake at some point, which isn't yep. ideal. But Isadora also says she might be able to get Paige out of the list of Thorburn heirs, which... I'm not going to lie, if I was Paige, um, or if I, even if I was Blake, I'd be like, oh, shit, you should probably, I mean, it's worth thinking about. Uh, mm. it, like Blake, Blake's consistent message to her is, this is all awful, you don't want to own this house, and Isadora's like, yeah, I could probably get you out of that part, so it's like, it's a pretty good case for uh, going Isadora's way. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that Blake hasn't wanted to sign up with the lawyers is because he's worried of losing his autonomy and being forced to do horrible things, right? And I, yeah. I suspect that he sees... Page becoming Isadora's, I'm just going to call it familiar. <laughs> um, yeah, is kind of along those same lines. I mean, I guess I just you know Isadora's not anywhere near as bad as the, the lawyers. Would well, be my yes, response of to course. That. Um, you yeah. know, it's it's maybe not ideal, but uh, I, I don't know if it could get you out of being in line for the Thorburn uh, heritage. I'd say I'd say there's some some things to consider because that's that's a mm. pretty big perk. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, and this is, so this is a different kind of tension than the tension we're used to, right? Because Blake isn't in danger, but he is, this is somebody that he clearly cares about at least somewhat. And, and he kind of sees them walking headfirst into a bad situation and he's doing her best. He's doing his best to steer her clear of it, but she just kind of is walking into it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Paige makes her choice and she stands by Isadora, right? Um, which is sad. I, it's not immediately terrible, but I do. It does just give you the feeling of I think bad things are going to happen because of this. <laughs> like I feel like we could have present prevented this, but we haven't, and now there's probably bad things that are going to happen. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I, I I don't feel that way at all. As Isadora mm. said, she's she's holding on to Paige to stop her being a pebble that falls into Blake's uh that falls along with Blake into the uh, metaphorical lake, yeah. and. You know, Isadora's not that bad again compared to, like, say, having to deal with all the Thorburn bullshit. So again, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I just don't quite agree at this stage. But all right, maybe maybe that'll be proven wrong in the future. Yeah, we'll see. I suppose. Um, so the others all start to arrive, uh, and basically all the major players are here: uh, the shepherd, the drunk, the astrologer, elder sister, and some sisters. Uh, the knights of the basement, the Bahames, including Duncan, and finally Emily. 
uh, Fel's niece is here with with Fel's mother. Yeah, and so quickly, I just wanted to touch on the astrologer's entrance because this was probably the one of the most interesting to me. Uh, like she genuinely apologizes and kind of implies that she didn't really have much of a choice. Uh, she also confirms that like f- she kind of felt chose for, like she had to kill someone, and she thought yeah. killing Fel was probably for the best. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, um, is a thing. Also, apparently, the servant was Perseus, not Orion, so I got that one wrong. Dang. Close, though. <laughs> um, I, I like the line when the Knights of the Basement come in, uh, and they're kind of ban- Nick is kind of bantering with Blake, and Nick ends up saying, fuck, if only you were born a woman, I'd trade my wife in for you. I'm still trying to get her to think like that. And Blake thinks, I neglected to mention my real female alter ego, <laughs> which is just a pretty good <laughs> solid joke from Blake. Like, thinking, wait, there is a woman version of me. I better not mention it. I don't know, I think it would have been funny if he did, because, like, Nick's trying to make, like, a, you know, a stupid or a silly joke to lighten the mood, essentially. Uh, And I think upping the joke by being like, well, you know, I do have a female equivalent of me, the Diabolist heir, like, would have just sort of upped the stakes a lot and, and kind of reversed the joke on Nick, which I think would have been funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that would have been good. I think Blake is in no <laughs> laughing mood at this point. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to talk about Emily and her, her grandmother here, because I think it's an interesting presence, right? Because we obviously, as the audience, met them in Fell's interlude, uh, but but clearly none of Blake and his cabal have met them. And, and it seems like most of the people pe- present don't even know about them, except probably Isadora, because she seems to know everything. Um, but the the grandmother here clearly knows what's up like she knows about a bunch of stuff she's clearly in the know it's very interesting i i don't know they're, they're just the kinds of characters that i think there there's some very interesting things in their future if we get to see how their futures play out yeah i i agree i mean i was i still do think that uh the uh, emily's grandmother uh is is a duchamp and Mm. Uh, was maybe, you know, maybe when uh, she was absconded by Fell slash Conquest, um, she was somehow kicked out of the family and, and thus was able to give birth to male heirs or something. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree, they're both so interesting. Like, there's really, like, I don't understand, quite understand why uh, the grandmother and Emily j- didn't just, like, GTFO as soon mm. as Conquest was sort of, or even Fell was out of the picture. So, like, unless she's already inherited the position or she's now one of Blake's champions because the conquest, uh, the contest is still going, like, you're right. I have a lot of questions about exactly where they're going to fit in and I can't wait to, to learn more. I, I think my read on it is if, however this goes down, if conquest comes back, she'll be next in line, right? And so they're pretty keen on backing not, yeah, <laughs> anything not <that>. but conquest. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that she's still not bound to serve conquest at this point is is interesting and, and good for her. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the conversation kicks off. Uh, Blake kind of announces, yep, I've bound conquest, but I haven't beaten him. I don't want to beat him. I just basically want to be left out of it. I don't want to be in charge. You guys pick who you want to be in charge and leave me the fuck out of it. It's basically what he says. <laughs> yeah, and it draws some interesting reactions because a lot of people sort of see this as by being the one to, for now, have defeated Conquest, it's his duty to take on the role. And so a lot of people almost see him as being kind of skeevy or like uh, dodgy by trying to avoid it. Uh, yeah. Which is, yeah, which is interesting. And, and I, I can see why you would think that him just being like, I don't know, you guys fight for it um, could be seen as kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, you know, he has upset the balance, right? Yeah. Um, well, as Isadora says, uh, she she kind of blames him for a lot of this, and and 
undoubtedly a lot of the others do too so it's kind of like him coming in fucking everything up and then just saying i don't know you guys clean it up i'm out (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i'm not not saying i'm not not saying i agree with that but i'm saying i can see why they think that yeah um i we get this little beat as well that i really liked where isadora basically puts uh jeremy on blast saying yeah remember when you tried it and i shut you down (laughs) (laughs) Like, I so want I so want the prequel series that tells us the story of Jeremy Meath making a play uh, with Sandra Duchamp and Isadora just fucking shutting it down. Like, (laughs) damn, that sounds so fun. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much there's so much to to do with this world that Wildbo's created, and that's just that's the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that we know that Wildbo is planning on doing uh on some shorter things in between. Uh, ward ending and whatever comes next. So I just oh. like to register my official vote for a <laughs> Isadora and Jeremy prequel series. Jezza and Friends, the series. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Elder Sister's here, and she announces that she's making a play for Lordship, and nobody else really seems to be interested in 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 you know making a play for it, right? Um. <laughs> there obviously is some some more conversation and things to happen here. Uh, particularly the shepherd seems to be thinking, uh, the shepherd basically says, yeah, I'm gonna fucking come at you, Blake, because <laughs> yeah. in my mind, the contest is still on. Um, okay. When he just, he, he never liked Blake. I mean, he's like even worse than fell for holding a grudge against Blake, apparently. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. But, so there's still clearly stuff to go on here, but they do seem to kind of respect that Blake wants to be left the fuck out of it. So they all kind of leave him alone. For now. Well, yeah, um, for I, now. I mean, Isadora kind of explicitly says that she hasn't made up her mind or she she's willing to change it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, that's that, I guess. Uh, except the knights stick around. The, the, it says explicitly that the knights stay, but then none of them say anything for the remainder of the chapter. So I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> I mean, the remainder of the chapter after that set is like 50 words. So uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not quite ready to put my tinfoil, <laughs> so, tinfoil yeah. on yet, but... Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it seems like maybe they'll be involved in the next chapter. I mean, Blake Blake makes a number of hints that he wants to go back after Urkel, so we'll Urkel, see. Is that what we're calling it, Urkel? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I decided at one point in the Discord uh, that the, that Kel was what uh, the, the Eurasia Demon was, was cutting off his name as, and he's, his name is Urkel. His name's Steve Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Cabal and the Knights are all that's left, uh, and Blake turns to the Hyena Sword, and fuck, we talked about this last chapter, Elliot, but no, nope, he says, he looks at the Hyena Sword, he picks it up, and he says, you know, I could use an implement right about now. Like, I hope this, fuck, I hope Blake, this is a fake out. This is such a terrible idea. I hope, like, Wildbow just read that comment, <laughs> uh, like, last chapter, and just yeah. decided to fuck oh, with this us. Will, oh, this will show him, yeah, no, this is... I mean, if you want to know why this is a terrible idea, go back and listen to our, our comment dive from last chapter, but fuck, I hope this doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. you fucking idiot. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what he's actually thinking and what happens yeah. next chapter. Um, no, he's, he picks it up and he thinks, I could use an implement, and then the chapter cuts off, but the next chapter will begin with, so let's go find one and get this piece of shit out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw this in the trash on the way out. Yeah. Um, but that's the end of this chapter. Um, that's the end of Void 7.9. Uh, but before we wrap up, we wanted to, uh, set up a discussion question. I always love these discussion questions because we always get such interesting, uh, responses to them. Um, so based on, uh, events in this chapter, we thought it might be a fun discussion question to think about is if you have to be, uh, the familiar slash pet of another, 
which other would you most want to be the familiar slash pet of, and why? Um, yeah, so obviously this is coming from uh, the the offer made to Paige, this chapter. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's worth saying, we're looking for interesting answers to this to call out. Like, you know, you can't just say a, a god who is really nice to me or something. Um, <laughs> I don't think, yeah. like you know, I, I want I want to hear some some wacky ideas. I think uh, I think that'll be more fun for everyone. I think I'm gonna expand it up a bit and say, uh, if you have a god that you want to be a patron of, kind of a Jeremy Meath style thing, I'd be interested to hear some cool answers there too. But try and find one that's not just like, a, oh yeah, I want to be uh, a familiar to the incarnation of niceness and chocolate. Or yeah. whatever, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had in here about, like, for knowledge and power, what where's the, where's the niche that you can carve out for yourself? Yeah, yeah, because it's obviously... I think it should go without saying that unless, unless you pick uh, a, a very original other, there's going to be drawbacks yeah. uh, to this. And so it's, it's a yeah. question, I think, of, of picking what drawbacks you're okay with uh, for the perks. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, where can people leave their responses to that, Elliot? Well, there, are dis- there is a discussion thread on Reddit, and that's the best place to do it, and that's in the show notes below this very audio-video file thing that you're listening it's, to. It's already Words. on Reddit? As we're <laughs> recording this, it's already on Reddit. So, go yes. and check it out. You'll find a link in the, dis- in the show notes down below. But, yeah, head to, these- to this discussion thread and leave your answers here, and we'll get back to to talking about some of our favorite answers uh, in, a, in a week's worth of episodes. So not next episode, but the episode after. So think about those questions and get uh, your answers and get them into us. And if you can't find the episode, that's a bit weird because you're listening to it right now. Yeah. Uh, but there's a good place to do that, and that's doformedia.com. Uh, you yep. can find all of our episodes and all the episodes of the other great shows on the Doof Media Network. Yeah, so if you, you know, opened up 100 tabs and one of them's playing this audio right now, then uh, open up one more tab and go to <laughs> doofmedia.com and you'll find all the information you could ever want, including all of the other great shows on the Doof Media Network. Uh, coming out on the same day as this show is the new episode of the Doof Book Club. Um, the book they're talking about is 100 Years of Solitude, which was selected by a patron, patron Torch Salesman. Uh, so go and check it out on the Doof Media site. Um, yeah. And if you're interested in maybe being able to pick a book for the book club, <gasps> uh, as well as getting any of the other cool perks that you could get by being a Doof patron... Whoa. Head to patreon.com slash doofmedia mm. uh, and, you know, read more. <laughs> yep, there's all kinds of things on there that you can get for just a, a paltry sum of $1 or $2 per month even. Um, if you're interested in supporting other great content, of course, check out Wildbo's Patreon, patreon.com slash wildbo, because, of course, he is supported entirely by, uh, you know, audience donations. So the only reason that we get to do this great show is because he wrote Pact in the first place. So, uh Go and check out his patron and, uh, yeah, and chuck him some money as well. Yes. And uh, apart from that, we'll see everyone on Friday the 28th of June for 7.10. Oh, Mario Maker Day. Oh, can't do an episode then. <laughs> anyway, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>